Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. We're going to talk food today, healthy options, how you can keep your kids healthy, and how you can stay healthy through eating better meals, better food, and not stressing about it, because you know what? It's not that hard to do. I know some of you think, yes, it is. It's a lot. I just like to take something out of a box. But when you start learning new ways of doing things, you'll find out that eating a good meal is not just good for the soul. It's actually good for the whole family, and everybody can take part in making a fast, easy, healthy meal. And today my guest is Amanda Love, and she's kind of an expert in this area. Amanda Elise Love is a registered holistic nutritionist who teaches women how to cook simple but delicious, allergy-friendly, healthy meals and to integrate a holistic approach through mind, body, and spirit. Welcome, Amanda, to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Hello, Celia. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to have you. Thanks for being here. So tell me what got you into all of all of this. What got me all into this? Um, I was actually, I was super sick growing up with um, sinus infections, sore throats, headaches, and I was just sick every single week and stuff like that. Um, I was, uh, my dad actually my parents got divorced when I was six. My dad remarried when I was eight years old. And so there was a lot of trauma going on and stuff like that. And that's plays a big part. I feel like mm-hmm. in people's journeys with their health journeys and stuff like that. And Oops, sorry. we moved that's out yours. of California mm-hmm. to Arizona when I was 14 years old. And like, I was still getting sick every four to six weeks. And wow. It went from, I mean, it went from every other week to four to six weeks, but I actually completed a personal training program out of high school. And then all like, I, when I did that, um, two weeks later, I just couldn't get out of bed. I was so exhausted. I was so fatigued. Um, that's when the pain started and uh-huh. stuff. And I turned 20 years old and 10 months later, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia at 20 years old and this is coming up on 12 years wow i'm only 32 so have you found the change of the way you eat and all has that helped your stress levels and physically i'm assuming yeah i feel like yeah it really helped me realize i knew really young that i was like that 
food played such a big part, but I didn't know how much. Um, when I went, I went to different doctors and I did all that, but eventually my grandmother found a little newspaper clipping said wellness talk by a wellness chiropractor and the, and with the talk, he said, after the talk, she asked him and he's like, if you're dying, if your granddaughter has been diagnosed with fibromyalgia at 20, she's been very sick a long time. Mm -hmm. And I found out I had very high food sensitivities, um, the highest in his practice at the time. Uh, both parents gave me a gluten sensitivity, a soy sensitivity, egg sensitivity, and dairy sensitivity. Wow. And I was 21 years old at that time. Now, how are you? So now I tell people, like, I'm a work in progress. Like, we're all. Right. <laughs> like, I tell people, like, I'm like, well, I just, I am not in pain. Like, I haven't been in pain in probably six, seven, eight years. I still struggle with the fatigue and the immune system a little bit, like most people and hormones, but I could live a normal life, right? I'm not stuck on the couch. I'm not in pain. I, I'm not, I just moved to Austin, Texas, like less than a year ago. So I can run a business. I could still, I can make friends and stuff like that. I could do a life. And that's what I tell people, right? You have to have a big why for why you want to get better. So like, I didn't know if I didn't get better, I would be on 10, 20 different medications. And I didn't know, like, I was going to have two nieces. And so the one is three months old. And then the one is going to be three years old next month. So, and I just went back to Arizona and I was able to play with them and hold them and be that ant that they need, right? And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't gotten it well. So, so you're able to function again. Yeah. What got you into um, helping parents create healthy meals for kids? That's one of the things you do. Yeah. Um, what um, got you into that? Uh, for me, I was like, I get, I love being like, I love people to know that parents, you can like make easy, simple meals. I think a lot of times we overcomplicate our That's meals. It. I agree. Like it, it's like 20 ingredients and then we don't want to do it. Okay. Just make it super simple. And if you don't like to cook and stuff like that, then don't make it complicated. I mean, I love to cook. So but even when I cook, I want to cook just a couple for a couple hours and I want to do several meals at one time. So then I don't have to be always thinking, okay, I have to cook. Like I have a couple meals cooked right now. So I don't have to cook for several days. And that's right. the thing, right? And um, if you're doing a whole lot of batch cooking, yeah, your kids can be helping you cook because then you're teaching them what healthy cooking is. So yeah. it's, you know, a totally win-win situation going I on. I think it is a win-win situation. And when I went to my sister's, like my, the three-year-old was like, she's like, oh, can we have a milkshake? But a milkshake is like a smoothie in their house. It's not a real milkshake, right? But like, she doesn't need a real milkshake at three years old nobody needs a milkshake at whatever age they are. 
right. book. Just mm. it was just like chocolate and bananas. It was some and some almond milk. It was really easy. Right, which is technically a milkshake. I mean, that is technically it's a milkshake. A milkshake. Yeah, it's it's just like, one that's healthier. It's a know. healthy milkshake and stuff, but like a lot of times I think we overcomplicate it and stuff. Yes, absolutely. And if you like whatever we were eating for meals, the three-year-old was eating. She right. didn't wasn't she wasn't having anything different than us. There wasn't special hot dogs and mac and cheese made on the side. No, there <laughs> wasn't hot gonna... dogs. It wasn't mac and exactly. cheese. Exactly. My kids always ate what we ate. Always. Yeah, and, it was like you know, I smoothies are a great way to get vegetables into your kids and all kinds of you know things yeah I make smoothies all like every day I have some well I do the same thing with smoothies I batch I make a huge batch of smoothies for me personally if my grandkids are with me they drink my smoothies they help me make my smoothies I make so much in my blender that it usually makes three 24 ounce smoothies. I mean, they're, they're pretty hefty smoothies, <laughs> but they have vegetables and fruits and vitamins and nutrients in it. And it's pack loaded. I, I put seeds in there. I put um, carton egg whites because you can eat carton egg whites because they're pasteurized like milk is. So you can, you can eat them out of the carton. So you can pour egg whites right in there for protein. Cause I can't have whey protein. I can't have pea protein. Cause I can't eat peas. I can't eat milk. Um, and it's so fun for kids to make, you know, they can make all of it. And I use frozen fruit instead of ice in my smoothies. So I do that too. And it's easy to do. And they, and I think, and it was, it was funny because it was at nighttime and I walk out into the kitchen and she wanted, like, she wanted a smoothie and stuff like that. And that's, I mean, most of the times we think of like dessert at like eight o'clock at night and she wants a smoothie. Right. And, and, and I, I think that's half the problem is people have in their head what dessert is, what a snack is. You know, right. a snack does not have to be potato chips or Fritos. Right. A snack can be leftovers from the night before, you know, like yeah. a small meal or smoothies. More of these are great snacks. We went to church and they were doing like donuts or something. And so the little one had like a donut. Right. But that's not, right. that's a once in a, probably not very often in my sister's house because she's very conscious. Kudos to your sister, because very often, too, parents will be like, no, you can't have birthday cake. You can't have donuts. And, you know, I've done a lot of birthday parties in my time. And, you know, there'll be parties and everybody's having a piece of cake and a child can't have cake because their parents don't give them sugar. But the thing is, once in a while, it is not harmful for your child to have it. And and if you restrict it, they want it even more. It's a difference of having a donut once in a while than having a donut every morning for breakfast. That's the big difference. And I think a lot of people too feel like eating healthy food is super expensive, except it doesn't have to be. And, and it's really simple to make. I know box things and pre-prepared things are, you know, you pop them in the oven, they're done. I get that. But they're also usually way too high in sodium 
way too high in other fats. They include ingredients we don't, that are not necessarily terrific for you to eat. And, and honestly, if you make some chicken and green beans and, you know, rice or a salad or something like that, it doesn't take any time to cook and put together and it's a healthy meal and your kids will eat it if you give it to them to eat. And especially if you start them young and there's not like special food. Right. Exactly. There's not, you know, they get used to eating a variety of food. They don't become particularly picky eaters because they're not, they're just given food. It's not an issue. You know, here's what we're having for dinner. We're having this for dinner. We're all having this for dinner. You know, I remember going on vacation with um, my husband's family and they were making a shrimp dinner and then they had a pot of hot dogs on. And I'm like, who are the hot dogs for? And she goes, oh, those are for the kids. I'm like, well, my kids will eat the shrimp. <laughs> That's funny. They're not going to be up that they may have a hot dog with their shrimp, <laughs> but they're not going to opt for that hot dog over shrimp. But, you know, a lot of parents do that. A lot of parents make that mistake early on, like you say, and then early on, they're creating a child who will only eat certain things instead of offering a variety of good, healthy foods. Um, yeah, it's true. And like, whatever we had was like, we had, I think one, we had like yogurt with some granola and fruit, like everything was like, like we had a burrito bowl with like meat and rice and like, and stuff, lettuce and stuff like that. And she just ate everything. She wasn't picky. Right. And then she would ask for like things that maybe not normal kids would usually eat if like avocado and stuff like that. Yeah. And all those foods are so good for kids and yummy. They're, they're like good. They taste good. Avocado stuff like that is great to even feed your baby when your baby's starting to have solid food. So Amanda, tell us, I know you have a very popular podcast called Physician Emotional Health Secrets with Amanda Love, correct? Am I reading that um, right? it's, it's a physical emotional health secrets. So. Oh, physical, sorry. Physical yeah. emotional health secrets. So tell us a little bit about that and uh, what you talk about on that podcast. Yeah, so I started this podcast. It just hit three years. And so um, I started with like fibromyalgia because that was my big mission for a while, but then I was like, no, it needs to expand more. And I was just bringing on so many amazing guests, especially in the last, like, I would say almost two years, coming up on two years with just amazing guests. And so I was like, I want to expand it more to like the title change. So I just recently changed the title, but like I talk about for me personally, when I do solo episodes, I'm talking about nutrition. I'm talking about meal prepping. I'm talking about like friendly solutions for budgeting with like simple. I talk a lot about cooking and stuff. And then I like to bring on guest experts who want to talk about things like boundaries or pelvic pain, um, hormones, because we all deal with hormones as parents and stuff like that. 
Um, so I bring on like different guests who can share like their knowledge and stuff because we all have so much knowledge in the nutrition field and like not one thing's gonna fix us. Yes. So it's good to hear a lot of information. So we need to realize that we might have to work on our trauma issues before we work on the food issues, right? And stuff like that. Or we might have to talk about our work on our relationships and then, or what else we might have to talk about is like work on his environment. What is our supplements? I've talked about sleep several times on the show. So it's a multifaceted approach. It's not one thing, it's all. Right. And so if you had to offer our listeners one easy meal, that's a quick, good meal to cook for your family, what would that be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Hire a service for like some of the healthy meals. So it's like giving yourself grace and stuff with your cooking skills and being in the beginning to start slowly, right? Yeah. And use recipes. Yeah. Recipes is a great way for kids to learn how foods combine. It teaches math skills because of course there's all kinds of measurements. There's so many benefits, you know, it can help with reading all kinds of things. So many benefits to it. People are like, well, it just takes too much time. What are you using your time for? Exactly. Um, You're going to plan meals anyway. You have to plan meals. You have to plan meals anyway, so you might as well plan it with your family. And exactly. And it take and the best part about the meals is that okay, you've created this meal and it just tastes so much better than going to a restaurant. And you know what's in your food. Exactly. You know, what's you know in what's your in your food. You're not over like salting, you're not putting a bunch of sugar and like stuff that even if you go to a healthy place, sometimes they might put something in there that you don't even know, right? Exactly. And also it's like creating those memories that your kids are never going to forget where they're going to be like, oh, my favorite memory wasn't us running around doing all the activities. It was the memory of, okay, I spent that time with my grandmother cooking or my mother cooking and Sitting down for meals is totally important also. Oh, really important. Really important. Enjoying each other's company, right? Learning good eating habits. Your child doesn't want to sit by themselves and just eat and have no one eat with them. If you're eating together, your child will have much better table habits. Like you say, create conversation. Enjoy it. Family dinners, family meals are a huge part of a child's memories as they grow up. Yeah. And I remember growing up, we used to do that too. It was just my sister, my mom, and my grandma and I. And then also, like when I went and I visited my sister and her husband and her, my two nieces, like every single meal, they sat together no matter what, and they had conversations together. And that's right. a big thing. And we don't do that anymore. How many parents probably just give the food to the kids and they don't actually sit with the kids? Yeah. Oh, a lot. A lot. 
I mean, it's one of the things I talk to parents about all the time. When I have clients that'll ask me about a child's eating habits or using utensils or the fact that they get fussy at the table, my first question is, do you eat with your child? And a lot of them are like, no, I'm feeding them by myself. It's like, well, how would you feel if you were just sitting at the table all by yourself? It's Eating. lonely. It's hard. It is it's, lonely. It it's, is lonely. Well, it's hard because, I mean, if you're, especially if you're by yourself and stuff like that, and you're not a parent, it's hard. Yep. And stuff. Exactly. It's much nicer. So why to do we eat expect our kids? Why do we expect our kids to eat by themselves? I don't know. I think often parents do it for time, and they don't realize even the effect that's having on their child. So, you know, it's good that we tell them and help them. And, and you may not be able to eat every meal together and that's okay, but eat as many meals together as you can. Make an effort to eat as many together as you can. And if that's four meals a week, that's four meals a week more than, than they would have had to sit there by themselves. Make the effort to eat together. And then, you know what, when you make the effort to eat together with your children, it is proven that most people that eat together with their children eat healthier foods. Their conversation and their bond with their child is stronger. Yeah. And then you also give them that tradition to take with them when they have kids and for future generations. It becomes a family tradition that we sit down, we eat dinner together. You know, my daughter always eats dinner with her kids every night. They make sure that even if she has to work late, she's there for dinner as much as possible. And that she'll work after they go to bed, you know? So it's really important to make that effort. And like Absolutely. put our phones down. Yeah, yeah like, there's a big one. Put your phones. Yeah, have your dinner be an electronic free zone. Right. Don't put a tablet in front of your child. Don't get them into the habit of eating with a tablet, with entertainment. Yeah. You be the entertainment. If our parents want to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? So the best way to reach out to me is my emails, Amanda Elise Love at gmail.com. And, or they can find me on Facebook and it's also Amanda Elise Love. Okay. And also, don't you have a book? Um, well, I was part of a book. It's not. So I was a co-author for a book and it was Trauma to Triumph where I shared my story with fibromyalgia and I also shared um, like my top lessons I've learned and stuff like that just to be more, have people around you that like bring you joy and that type of thing and stuff like that. So yeah, that book came out this year. I really enjoyed talking to Amanda and thank you for all your great ideas for parents. I think parents can really use a lot of help with meal prep and parents, it's important to ensure that you are getting your kids involved, involved with meal planning, involved with shopping, involved with cooking serving, push, setting the table, all of those things. When they want to help, don't shoo them away. Let them help. Right. You'll teach them a whole lot and they'll feel like big kids. And if they are big kids, maybe they can get to the point where they're cooking meals for you. 
Well, Amanda, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. For all you listeners, reach out to Amanda. I'll have her information in the description of this podcast. And as always, guys, I wish you peace, love, tons of laughter. So it really is the best medicine. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. Be sure to head over to pumpeduppparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patience Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.